Hello, welcome to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. Grab your Bible and listen to God's voice through our anointed Pentecostal holiness ministers as they deliver the burning message on their hearts. Thank you for your support. Thank the Lord for his good presence. We have had a great camp meeting. I tell you, the preachers in the day and the youth service has all been just outstanding and appreciate the great singing and the worship of God. Brother Kevin Lloyd has led the service in a wonderful way, been led of the Holy Ghost. And I just appreciate the folks from Bonn and, and this area. I just see all kinds of friends that are here tonight. And I can't thank you enough for your hospitality and uh, all the good things y'all have done for us down through the years. Amen. Just just so good to be with you. I want my wife to come and sing and let's just worship the Lord with her and let God have his way. We sure want God to do in this service exactly his perfect will. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak
Oh, let's lift up the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you're worthy of our praise and glory in our life. Thank you, dear God, for sending your blessed Son for work for our salvation, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We sure appreciate the blessings of the Lord that's been here. And God is here in a special way right now. And I just want you to know that anything can take place because Jesus is here. Amen. I want to read from the book of Lamentations. If you'd like to read there with me. Lamentations, right after Jeremiah. And again, I thank you for everything you all have done for me and my family. I appreciate all the preaching. And my, we've had some amazing preaching this week and stuff that has really, really helped me spiritually. The Lord has touched me by the messages and by the moving of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I appreciate preachers that pray. Amen, I really do. I've been around preaching preachers that backslid, just to be honest. But you get a praying, worshiping preacher that stays in the presence of God, it's hard to get him to compromise and backslide. Amen. Amen. I want to read from Lamentation chapter 3, if you'd like to read there in the Word of God with me. And uh, <clears throat> verse 31 Again, I have preached this before, but I felt it on my heart. This is, this is what I felt on my spirit and soul to preach to you here tonight. In Lamentations 3, verses 31, it says, For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Amen. I want to preach on if God had his first choice. Amen. Would you stretch your hand this way and ask the Lord to help me right now. Heavenly Father, I most certainly need you. And I pray for the Holy Ghost to please touch me and touch this congregation. Let the Spirit of God please move upon us, draw people to Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have preached this message before and I've called it, If God Had His Druthers. I think some of y'all may use that same word, those words. When I was being raised, a lot of people would say, well, if I had my druthers, I'd do this or that. And I always thought it was a contraction of maybe I'd rather. But I looked it up one day, and it's actually a word. It has the meaning of if I had my first choice, if I had my preference, if I was free to make my great desired choice. Well, from this... I realize that God has certain choices that he would make first and he would make first rather than sending judgment upon someone. As I read the book of Lamentations, you know that it's written by Jeremiah. It's like a funeral sermon for the city of Jerusalem. 
judgment fell upon that precious city. And if you read through the five chapters, you will see the horrible depictions of misery. Hebrew scholars say that this was laid out in a poem. It doesn't read that way really in the English language, but in the Hebrew language it did. The first, second, fourth, and fifth chapters have 22 verses. The third chapter has 66 verses. All around the verses that I've read today, there's judgment, misery, and devastation. Here, there's mercy. According to these same scholars, verse 33 that I read to you, for he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. That is the center verse of the book of Lamentations. Mayhem was everywhere. It seemed that God delighted in judgment. If you read it, but did he? In verse 33, it sees that we see that judgment was not his first choice for his people. I wept when I really realized this. If you've got a, if you got like a center column King James Version Bible, sometimes it'll have an alternative reading. And it says here for verse 33 in my Bible, for he doth not afflict willingly, and there's a little one there that you look down in the note. It says, for he doth not afflict with delight, or he doth not afflict literally from his heart. Amen. Even though God did afflict, that really wasn't in his heart. That really wasn't his delight. That really wasn't what he wanted to do. So can you see God's heart if, if God had his druthers? What would have happened in Jerusalem? I really feel like there would have been revival there have been miraculous things take place, a great deliverance, but because of sin and because that God is indeed a holy God, there comes a time where that people cross the certain line and God really not in his delight, not because he loves it, not because he enjoys it. He does bring judgment but his first choice would have been mercy. Amen. As I pray for backsliders and lost people, I fear the judgment that they bring upon themselves. Can I tell you there is a judgment that comes with sin that cannot be stopped. There's a judgment that comes from God upon unrepentive people that is eventual. But God, if he had his druthers, would have mercy rather than giving us what we really deserve. Amen. You say, how do you know that God doesn't want to judge me? How do you know that God doesn't want me to go to hell? I'll tell you there's several things from the word of God. Of course, this verse here to me is very plain. But God, if he had his first choice, would give mercy because in all reality, it seems like it's given in such abundance. The Bible does teach us that we can provoke him to wrath. How many times is it said in the word of God? I have no idea. One such place is 2 Chronicles 34 and 25. It says, because they have forsaken me 
and have burned incense unto other gods that they might provoke me to anger. With all the works of their hands, therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. But why was that? It's because God was provoked by their sin. God was provoked by their rebellion. God was provoked by their resistance of his grace and mercy. Now make no mistake about it, God is holy. Man is sinful. A nation or an individual can so sin against God that his patience wears thin. And sometimes I wonder how close my blessed country of the United States of America has come to being judged. Sometimes I despair at the news that I hear and think, how can our country continue? But when we look at the Lord's judgment of Israel, we understand that this did not come because he desired to do it, but he was provoked into it. And if I may say this, even though he is provoked to anger and provoked to judgment, I nowhere read where he is provoked to mercy. It's just there. It's always there. He seems to be rich in mercy, overflowing in mercy. Moses prayed one time to see the glory of God. In Exodus 33, verses 18 and 19, it says, and, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy unto whom I so, shall show mercy. So what would you think would happen if a man saw God's glory? If God wanted to reveal his shining brilliance, if he wanted us to know his name and who he really is, what would you think would happen? Well, we see what happened when Moses saw the glory of God. Amen. In chapter 34 and verse 6, it says, And the Lord passed by before him. And this is what he proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. yes. If God's glory was revealed in this place tonight, it would be to reveal his merciful goodness to the lost humanity that may provoke him, that may provoke him to wrath. And I'm going to tell you, he's so rich in mercy that his glory, amen, spills out of heaven upon mankind, amen, and would be rich to save them, rich to deliver them. Yes, backslider, you have turned from God, and no doubt you have provoked him to wrath at times. But even though I could have preached different, even though this church could have broke out into a shout, God chose to pin up his sheep and go looking 
in mercy. No, I know you don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it when God sent a service for me either. But thank God he did. Thank God he did. Hallelujah. I don't know how close to hell you are. I don't know how much you provoke God. You may hang by a spider web of his mercy over hell. And I'll tell you that spider web tonight's holding you out of hell. And his delight is not in judgment. His delight, amen, in saving your soul. That's what his delight is. In Isaiah 28 and 1, God's judgment is called something. It's called his strange work. His strange work. That's not, that's not the depths of his nature, my friend. I don't know about you, but sometimes even after I got saved, I'll have to admit, I wondered if God could even be pleased with me. I had no trouble believing he could be angry with me. But to think that he loved me and delighted in me. But here I read that it's, it's not his delightful work. It's not what he wants to do. It's his strange work. Let me tell you, hell is his strange work. Judgment is his strange work. Amen. When, when the, the Lord was looking at the sins of Ephraim, listen to him in Hosea 11 and 8. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as these other nations? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not ex execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee. And I will not enter into the city. Yes, God was provoked by Ephraim, but at this moment, it was like a striving within himself. He said, I see what's ahead by how you're living, but he said, how can I give you up? How can I allow this terrible judgment to come upon you? I'm turning it away for a while. I'm giving you a chance for a while. Why? Because if God had his druthers, if he had his first choice, Ephraim would repent. Hey Amen, Ephraim would not be judged. Ephraim would dwell in his love, rejoice in his glory, feel his approval. Hey Amen, know what it is to be, hey Amen, saved by grace. Hey Amen, but God was provoked to judgment. Can I tell you, they deserved the fullness of his fierce anger. Amen, they did, and I have, and you do too. But even though they deserved the fullness of his fierce anger, God would not give it. He was holy. His heart could not bear it. Amen. Amen. There was a man who lived down the road from me. He is as nice a guy as you ever met. And I went and visited him several times, tried to get him to come to church. 
Amen. And Tommy Douglas was always kind. They had a boy that lived across the road from him at that time. He's probably 11 or 12 years old. He'd go and visit him too. Amen. Finally, Tommy Douglas showed up on a Sunday morning. I looked back. I was glad to see him. I said, Tommy, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you came to church today. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Old Josh, he came over and invited me to church. And he said, I lied to that little fellow long enough. He said, I decided I'm going to go to church today. Amen. So he came to church. I preached on the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. And I watched him get up from his back seat. That was, he sitting in the back. Amen. Came up and knelt. And when the Lord saved him, it was like a light bulb went off inside of his heart, showed out of his face the glory of God and the happiness and the joy of God's mercy came upon him. It was an amazing thing. Amen. He went around all the falcon everywhere telling everybody how God saved him. Amen. Three weeks and one day later, Josh's dad called me and said, Tommy's in bad shape. You need to get here. So I went to Tommy's house. He's having a heart attack. I said, Tommy, how you doing? He said, not good, preacher. So I prayed for him. And as I was praying for him, he reached out like this and he said, come to me, Jesus. And fell in the floor and went to glory. Amen. Did he deserve it? I, I can't say that he did, but God didn't want to judge him. God wanted to give him mercy. God wanted to give him mercy, my friend. God's rich in mercy. Yes, he's provoked to anger. He's provoked to judgment, but he's never provoked to mercy. God's rich in the way that he gives out mercy. I want to tell you, I'm glad that he is, aren't you? Praise the name of the Lord. I'll tell you why I don't believe God wants you to go to hell. Because you can provoke him to anger, but you can't provoke him to mercy. He's got an abundance of that. That's just who he is. Glory to God. Amen. I'll tell you another reason I don't believe God wants you to go to hell. Amen. Because God placed a great punishment on his own son. So we would not go to hell. Ezekiel 33 and 11 says, Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked, okay, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So he must have pleasure in something, right? I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Oh, you got it right here. He said, I, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but I do have pleasure in something. When the wicked turn from their wicked ways and live, that's my pleasure right there. You say, Brother Lloyd, 
amen, what would bring pleasure to God in their service? If somebody that was lost turned from their wicked ways, accepted Jesus as their savior, and God saved, he has no pleasure in somebody going to hell. But he does have pleasure in people getting saved. He does have pleasure in a sinner repenting. He does have pleasure in a backslider coming back to God. Amen. He had no pleasure. Amen. Listen to this. In Isaiah 53 and 10, listen to this. Sin must be horrible. God must love us so much. Because we all know what Isaiah 53 is about. It's about Jesus Christ. Oh, God, help me. In verse 10, listen to this. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Oh, God. Amen. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt see his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I remember it's not pleasing when somebody dies lost to God. This means it's not God's will for the lost person to die in this matter. But it was pleasing for Christ to suffer. This meant, this meant that God was so involved in his mercy in rescuing a lost sinner that he would rather his own sinless son suffer in our place than for us to go to hell. I'll tell you what, if nobody gets saved here tonight, every saved person ought to rejoice that God loved us that much, my friend. It ought to break our hearts. It ought to cause us to give God everything inside of us the rest of our life. If God loved us that much, if God saw hell so horrible, amen, and yet he loved us that much that he would be pleased to see his own son suffer in this manner to rescue us from hell, I'll tell you what, he's worthy of all our life. He's worthy of our devotion. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Glory to God. Oh, God. I think we ought to thank the Lord. Thank him right now. Thank him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. So what brings God pleasure is not the death and the judgment it's the turning. <laughs> oh, it's the repentance. It's the salvation of a soul. <laughs> when Christ told the story of the lost sheep coming home and that shepherd finding that sheep, he said, 
rejoice with me. Hallelujah. Did he not? I don't know. Sometimes we get this picture that God's either mad or indifferent. As though he has no other emotions but anger. But evidently if Jesus told this story and then he said there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. It's not just angels that's happy when a sinner gets saved. The shepherd's happy when a sinner gets saved. I'll tell you what would make this place, this camp meeting shout uh, the praises of God uh, is when a sinner would repent of their sins uh, and get right with God. Uh, But not only would there be shouting right here, uh, amen, there'd be shouting on the hills of glory. Uh, There'd be a joy in the shepherd. Uh, I believe the Father would rejoice. Uh, The Son would rejoice. Uh, The Holy Ghost would rejoice. And if God thought hell was so horrible and judgment was so terrible that he'd rather his son suffer in your place, I'll tell you what, I don't know why you're not already at this altar. Oh, great Lord. God don't want you to go to hell, friend. He don't want you to go to hell. If God had his druthers, you wouldn't be judged. Amen. You wouldn't suffer pain and judgment. No. You'd suffer the joys of glory. I know God don't want you to go to hell. I'll tell you why. Because he gives many opportunities for people to repent. Matthew 21 is one of those most touching parables that Jesus gave to his generation. He tells about a, a, a vineyard that this man loaned out to somebody else. And when it came time for them to pay him the fruits of their labor, he sent a servant and they threw rocks at him, ran him off. He said, I'll send somebody else. (laughs) They killed some, stoned others, sent others shamefully and treated So what did he do? Did he give up? Did he stop? No. But last of all, he sent them his son saying they will reverence my son. But will they? Did they? Oh, he sent Isaiah. They sawed him in two. Zechariah was slain at the altar. Amen. Amen. They rejected prophet after prophet. The leaders rejected John the Baptist, even though publicans and harlots, amen, repented. So what what will God do? Will he judge them automatically? Will he send them, amen, judgment automatically? No. He sent them the greatest voice that he could ever send them. He gave them the most precious possession, the most prized loving thing that he had. How will they treat him? Oh, 
They treated him just like they treated Isaiah. They treated him just like they did John the Baptist. Friend, I'll tell you, sometimes we say, well, if Jesus would come right here in our midst, if we had a different preacher, if he had a more loving way, if he didn't preach so hard, amen, we listen. And I'll tell you from God's word, many a times the way you treat the message that God gives you is the way you treat the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm nothing and nobody, but I'm preaching you from the word of the Lord. God don't want you to go to hell. And I'll tell you why I know it. He sends you message after message after message. It may be in a church service like this. It may be while you're dreaming about judgment. There was a fellow back a while ago as a backslider. He woke me up. Or it was late at night. I don't know if he woke me up. I can't remember. It's been 15 years ago, I think. So I need to pray. We went to the church and prayed. He got saved. Amen. God saved him. He had a dream that night. He was already in bed. And God said, well, I guess you're just going to go to hell in spite of everything. He said it woke him up. He came and got saved. Hey man, back a little while ago, he had a medical procedure done. Hey man, and when he came to, he was speaking in tongues. They, he had coded while they was doing this. Hey man, he came to speaking in tongues. He said, why'd you bring me back? I just saw heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey man, back on Labor Day, he was having a good time. Evidently a heart attack. He fell over and died. I'll tell you, hey man, God was speaking to him in that dream 15 years ago. Hey man, God didn't want him to die of a heart attack on Labor Day in 2022 and go to hell. He wanted him to go to heaven. And that's the same way with you. Hey man, God will send you message after message. It may be a preacher. It may be your daughter. It may be somebody else. It may be a neighbor. It may be a funeral. Hey man, it may be a sickness. And I'll tell you, God don't want you to be lost. Amen. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, my mother-in-law had a man come over her house. She never has felt comfortable about him being over her house. But my father-in-law had hired him to do some work around the house sometimes. And so, most generally, she didn't let him in the house. But he's He's just wild, just very, very wicked. But that morning, I don't even think my father-in-law was there, was he? He showed up, and she said, what are you doing here? She said, well, Larry, wanted me to come over and do this work. And she said, well, come in. I'll fix you breakfast. She said, while he was eating breakfast, the Holy Ghost told her, she needed to witness to him. And she called his name and she said, you've been living for the devil all these years. It's time for you right now to turn and change your ways and turn to Jesus 
and get right with God and be saved. And she witnessed to him a good while with words similar to that right there. A few hours later, my father-in-law came in like he saw a ghost. He just found out that this fella, amen, had an arrest warrant out on him. He had been hiding. The police found him. Amen. He resisted arrest and they shot him and killed him and he went to eternity. But three hours earlier, God in his mercy, God in his mercy was saying, listen, this is not my first choice. I would rather you not die and go to hell. I would rather you be saved. I would rather, oh great Lord in heaven. I know many of y'all knew Matt World. Many of y'all know Frank Rogers. Frank Rogers used to pastor in Brandsville, Missouri. And Brother Matt pastored Paducah, Kentucky, about 200 miles away. And one night, Brother Matt called up Brother, Brother Frank and said, I've got to come preach for you Wednesday night. Well, Brother Matt had Wednesday night service too. It was unusual. He said, well, come and spend the night. He said, no. Lord told me to go and preach and go home. He said, that's 400 miles round trip. He said, that's what the Lord told me to do. Brother Matt came. Now y'all that know Brother Matt know he was an alcoholic when he was younger. Amen. Amen. He told me that he converted a two, a, 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 an eight by 16 coal bin into two eight by eight rooms. Amen. When he's in Connorsville, Indiana, and said that he'd drink everything up and throw the bottles in the back. And he said, when he didn't have no more money, he'd take those bottles and pour the last dregs into one bottle. God help me right now. And then drink that. Oh God. Sister Mary got to fasting until her tongue swelled up. Amen. She fasted without water. The Holy Ghost started dealing with Brother Matt. They's having revival. Amen. And when that he was working up high on a on a on a uh, a silo, he slipped and almost fell to his death, but he grabbed the hold of a rope. And the Holy Ghost said to him, Matt World, I'm getting tired of fooling with you. Amen. You'd think he'd have prayed through right then, but he didn't. You know what he did? He went on a two-week drunken binge. Amen. And went to church, had a revival. Amen. Oh, God. Drunk that night. His buddies were drunk. And as the preacher preached, the conviction fell. And, 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 and his friend said, Matt, you need to go pray. He said, you need to pray too. He said, yes, but you're under conviction. So he went down there and he prayed. He prayed, hallelujah. He prayed an hour, got sobered up, amen, prayed, amen, and got really saved. They said, now, Matt, 
He went back to his seat. Matt, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. He went back up there and three hours later got filled with the Holy Ghost and was somewhere in the middle aisle. He said, I don't know how I got underneath those pews. I was speaking in tongues. Amen, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you something. Matt was provoking God. Amen, but God had mercy. Amen, you didn't have to provoke him to mercy. God wanted him saved. Amen, a few years ago, he died a saved, Holy Ghost-filled, godly man. And so he comes to Brandsville and the, and the town drunk shows up all of a sudden and you got Matt Whirl, former alcoholic, preaching to the town drunk, the alcoholic that's there. Great Lord. Partway through Brother Matt's message, the man stands up and says, you're preaching to me, preacher. He said, you're right, get down here and pray. Brother Matt got to praying with him Brother Frank got to praying with him, but there came a time where he got up and he left. A few weeks later, his house burnt. And they found him there in the ashes. Now listen, his family, I understand, has hope that he had some moments there to pray. And I hope he did. Because that'd be God's first choice. But I'm just going to tell you, if he didn't, if he didn't, amen, God done everything he could to keep him from going to hell. And right now, God's given somebody his first choice. What's God's first choice for you tonight? It's for you to come to this altar. It's for you to pray through. For you to go to bed tonight a Christian. For you to wake up in the morning right with God. That's God's first choice for you. That's what he wants. If God had his druthers, every sinner, every backslider, every lukewarm, every backslider and hard to be at this altar, Praying through. Amen. Could we all stand?
Raise your hands. Thank the Lord. Oh, God, oh, God, in your mercy deal. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Oh, I need some church people that is praying right now for some sinner, some backslider to get right with God. Oh, would you come right now? Don't take one more moment in sin. Don't provoke him further by turning away his mercy. Amen. Don't provoke him. Amen. By leaving lost once more. Amen. Come to this altar right now here tonight. Come on. Don't wait. Amen. His mercy's for you. His outstretched hand's for you. Come on. After all he's done, after pleasing him to bruise his own son to deliver you from hell, come on. Don't be lost. Don't go to hell. Don't spend one more night lost away from God. Come on right now. Yes, in Jesus' name. If you've got a question in your mind, come on. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, you shouldn't have waited this long. But I'm a tarrying right now because God's a merciful God. Yes, God could have cut this right off. And it's time for you to pray. It's time for you to get right. Come on. In the name of Jesus, church, would you raise your hand and ask God to make it easy for somebody. God, help us right now. Take that one step. Take that one step out of here. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Backslider, come on. Amen. Maybe you've never been saved. Come on. Oh, the Lord's pulling for you right now. Don't reject his mercy. Come on. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. Come on. In Jesus' name. Don't wait another second. Don't wait another moment. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. In Jesus' name, step out. In Jesus' name, come on. Oh, let the Lord wash in the blood of Jesus Christ. Take away the guilt of your heart and your spirit. Come on. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh, church, would you pray just one more time, a little bit more earnest, would you? I feel it on my heart. God, help us right now. Loose somebody from their sin, Lord. Help, oh God. Help in Jesus' name. Deliver, Lord, from the powers of hell. Yeah, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you to come to this altar. Come on right now. Come on. Oh, my heads are bowed. Please, nobody look around. 
Is your heart right with God, really? Come on. If you died right now, where would you go? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? Would you go to hell? You got to have a better than I hope I'd go to heaven. You better know you're going to go to heaven. By the power of the blood of Jesus, by what Jesus did upon the cross. Would you just say, Brother Lloyd, I feel God. I feel a need in my soul to be right with God. Would you raise your hand right now? Say, I need to get right with God. Would you raise your hand? Oh, come on. Come on, raise your hand. Great Lord in heaven. Great Lord in heaven. I feel the heart of God being tender towards you right now. Please don't harden your heart to God. Please don't harden your heart to the Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, God. This altar's open. It's time for you to pray. You need to make a decision. God made his decision when he directed this service this way. His first choice for you. His first choice. His first choice is for you to be saved. Would you come? Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Come on. In Jesus' name. I know you're here. I know you're here. God loves you. We love you. We don't want you to be lost. Come on. Come on. right now not just a preacher preaching the Holy Ghost is calling you right now God bless you God bless you come on don't don't leave this place with a question in your mind come on come on come on right now come on in Jesus name come on in Jesus name God bless you 
Come on in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, loose them. Loose them to pray. Loose them to believe. Oh, come on. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Come on. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. There's a God in heaven interested in you here tonight. Come on. That's right. Come on up here. You feel like asking somebody? Ask them. Come on. God bless you. God bless you, little lady. God bless you. Yeah, come on. Somebody else. Somebody else, come on up here. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. I tell you, children can cry out to the Lord and ask forgiveness and be saved from this day forward. Oh, come on, girls. Come on. I appreciate you coming. Come on. There's others that need to be up here. Stir right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on. Come on right now. Let the Lord free you. Let the Lord show his love to you. You feel like coming and praying with some? Come on up here right now. Oh, don't leave this place with a question in your mind. Don't leave this place with a wondering in your spirit. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. He'll break every chain. It don't matter if it's bitterness and hatred. He'll lose you. Love for the world. He'll free you. Come on. Come on. Come on in here and pray, fellas. Come on in here and pray. Everybody that would come and pray. There's still somebody that's lingering back there. Amen. Talk to them. Tell them I'll pray with you. Come on. to pull one more time. I feel the Holy Ghost to pull again. I know there's some that's responding that you've waited. I'm telling you, you need to come to this altar right now. Don't hesitate. In Jesus' name. Jesus. 
Hi, thank you for listening to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. We hope this sermon encouraged you. If you would like to send us audio sermons to be played on the podcast or put on our website, please contact us. You can send us an email at hpoministries at gmail.com. Please tell your friends and family about our podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Once again, thanks for your support. May God richly bless you.